0: Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. A clean, shiny new week. And, uh, well, there's not a lot to talk about politically. I, I would, I'm just tired of the Republicans. I'm tired of the Democrats. I just am tired of the whole thing. Uh, the Senate is definitely not going to the Republicans. Uh, much to my dismay, because I was hoping for gridlock, the House of Representatives isn't even for sure going to the Republicans. Oh, Lord, another two more years of this. Uh, It cost over $4,000 for what? We'll tell you that a little later in the program. Uh, And uh, President Biden's transgender agenda has, well, it's gotten a hiccup. We'll talk about that as well. Um, I'm going to start off talking about work. It's, uh, by the way, uh, eight minutes after nine o'clock. I have, from time to time, found myself in my life unemployed for a short time. And when I was unemployed, while I didn't find exactly what I wanted to do, I, among other things, ran an Scheib paint shop, managed an Earlscheib paint shop. I sold cars. I drove tractor-trailer. Uh, I've done things that just didn't trip my trigger. But I needed money. I could have perhaps qualified for a government program. I wasn't interested in that. I wanted to go work because it's part of what I am. One of the reasons I don't look for any early retirement is I'm afraid if I don't keep moving forward, I'll just stop moving, period. Period. But I'll do whatever I have to do to put food on the table. Wall Street Journal's got a piece. Uh, You hear this all the time now. I want a career with purpose, which usually means an activist. Or I need a good work-life balance, which suggests someone doesn't want to work very hard. Give me a break. The CEO of a Fortune 500 company told me he recently spent an entire afternoon discussing his company's pet bereavement policy. He asked the human resources folks, let me get this right, someone's goldfish dies and they get a week off from work? Work has become a dirty word. Uh, Cyber bohemians just want to dream and stream. Now this New York Times, uh, now this, the New York Times ran an opinion piece titled How to fight back against the inhumanity of modern work. What? Paper cuts are a bigger risk these days than losing an arm in a loom. Still, I thought the piece would be about dirty jobs. The hardship of coal mines, the plight of burnout nurses, or the inhumanity of waking up at 5 a.m. to milk the cows. Nope. The author complained about the digital monitoring, coders, cashiers, and others being tracked by evil bosses who are measuring productivity. Oh, my God. His society has become that, has society become that spoiled? Apparently so. So, The prevailing thinking is we're all Lucy Ricardo and Ethel Mertz wrapping chocolates on a conveyor belt. Andy Kessler wrote this for the Wall Street Journal. There, there's almost no job that I wouldn't do to make a living. Brian, I know that you you worked the oil fields down in uh, in Texas. I did, yes. Um, what else have you done that uh, was
1: outside of your? Oh, I worked in an auto parts store. Worked at a lumber yard. I was a bellman at a uh, prestigious hotel. Uh, did lots of different things.
0: Yeah. So where do these people get off? See, and this started bothering me literally uh, back in the 90s when Clinton first got that, that deal passed where uh, uh, employers, I can't remember if it's over 50 or over 100 employees, they have to offer uh, uh, time off from work if someone has a baby. A lot of employers will do that on their own. Uh, our employer is pretty generous with that. But it's, it, it, it's, it's like they want to get paid a gazillion dollars and they don't want to do any work. Where did that come from? Well, how is it that we, you know, and we keep hearing these, well, in Europe, they blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't give a rodent's rectum about Europe. Their productivity is less than ours. Always has been. They live in tiny little houses with tinier little cars on crappy little streets. No, I I want America. And for me, a job is important. Any job will do if I can't find what I want. So I thought I would throw this out there, and I'm willing to bet there are a lot of people who agree with me. And a lot of people who have done just what I've done. What's the worst job you took to make a living? What is... The, the job you took that you went oh god I can't believe I'm doing this but I need the money. What was it? Eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Uh, it, it, somewhere around the bottom of the hour, right around uh, nine thirty five. I'll I'll tell you what cost four thousand dollars because you won't believe it. <laughs> but I mean. We've all had those stinkers. We've done those things. We did what we had to do. We did the best we could to make money. And these people are going, no, I, I want a job with the right work balance. What? Nonsense. Uh, it is the news that U.S. is a service economy, yet too often the focus is on labor versus capital. And if we still make widgets, unions want to arm wrestle value from capital and force higher wage payouts than is economically sound. This blatantly disregards human capital. What workers learn on the job is theirs to keep. We increase productivity and wealth by having workers figure out how to do more with less from the bottom up. So please stop paying people not to work. The best anti-poverty program is a job because a job's value comes from this increase in human capital. One-time payments are a waste. And that's right. There shouldn't be any uh, uh, government program to pay you unemployment benefits if you lose your job. The government has no business doing that. I, I I know how we got here. I know how how many years it took to get us here, but we are slowly but surely destroying everything that makes us great we're taking it apart piece by piece in the name of being nice I mean that's the problem with welfare we're trying to be nice and a lot of nice people thought welfare was a nice idea help the poor no the government shouldn't help the poor. Not only is it not in the Constitution, but it takes away their burning desire to do what you and I do every day, and that's go out and find a job and work. What's the worst job you ever took in an attempt to keep food on the table? Uh, you can go to uh, GaryNolan.com. You can send me a message and it will uh, pop up here in studio, or you you can uh, give me a call, uh, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. What an entitled bunch of little snots we've got out there. <laughs> what? Nothing, what? nothing. Well, I mean, they don't want to work because it's not... You know, I, I, had a, I used to uh, kid around, I think a couple of callers uh, last week, and I, one of them, I, I said, what do you... You want a job as a, a mattress tester at Celia uh, Posturepedic, where you get paid to, to sleep. But that's not a joke. People seem to want that kind of job. They want to do something that doesn't produce anything and get paid a lot for it. That's not what made America great. 874 The worst job you ever took to make ends meet. Uh, Alright, I've got a very, very short break. This will take uh, about three minutes maximum. And then I'm going right in and grab some phone calls. You're listening to the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 9. Told you we'd be back very quickly. And uh, we're talking about the worst job you ever had. There's this piece in the Wall Street Journal about these these people who don't want to do anything. Uh, they, they want uh, maximum pay for minimum work. Uh, they they just there are things jobs they just won't take it's beneath them. Uh, and I was pointing out and, and Brian as well that we did things that we didn't want to do but rather than go on a government program, we took them. We took those jobs we did the best we could with them. How did we lose that work ethic here in the United States? It was that work ethic that that succeed you know work and succeed, or starve mentality that gave us the greatest country in the world. Uh, so, the worst job you ever had, Sharon? Very quickly, worst job you ever had?
2: I, after my divorce, I didn't have two pennies to rub together, so I worked as a live-in home health aide for a young man who had MS. Uh, because his bowels would not yeah. move, you had to take. You
0: had to take your hand. Oh, your hand. oh, yes. All right, Sharon. That, that that takes the cake. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, oh. oh boy, oh Lord, that is uh, that is. Woo! Would you do, Brian? Would you do that if I'm, I'm sorry? My phone's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, Sharon. Oh, sweetheart, thats yeah, yeah, right, somebody has to top that. It's going to be tough. Jeff, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. What's the worst job you ever had?
3: Uh, cutting out creek banks with a hand sickle for $1. eighty-five an hour. What were you doing? Cutting out creek banks in Jefferson City for the park board with a hand sickle.
0: Cutting out creek beds?
3: Yes, where the creek beds would grow up, the grass would grow up in weeds. Oh, and, and you'd have to... to we, we'd have to cut them out with the hand sickle.
0: Oh, man, I bet you were exhausted after a day of that work.
3: Oh, yes. I wanted a car when I was 16, so I went to work when I was 14 doing that.
0: See, that's that's what we did. That's how That was the American mentality at one time. It was. This is what I want. Whether it was to feed my family or feed myself or get something nice, you went out and you made it happen. You didn't sit around taking some government check waiting for the perfect job to come along.
3: I'm not made that way. I was raised to work.
0: Yeah, and it's kind. Of, it's kind of your self worth, isn't it?
3: Yes, it is. I mean, I'm glad. I hated it at the time, but I'm glad I did it. Huh. You know, yeah, you, so I had a car and nobody else did when I turned 16. So I was happy. Yeah, it was
0: worth the labor. All right, Jeff, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Gary, you're out of work. Your preferred job you couldn't find. What did you do instead?
4: Well, first of all, give that uh, first lady, Sharon, she needs to win something for that job.
0: Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Holy Toledo. Uh,
4: real quick, it, it, uh, when I was uh, growing up, Uh, one of the few jobs that you could get as a, as as a teenager. Now this wasn't to put food on the table, but, uh, we put hay up in a barn. So for, from say eight o'clock or so in the morning until five or so at night, you'd be inside this hot barn lifting anywhere from hundred to 150 pound bales and stacking them. Uh, that was their money. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a nasty, dirty, itchy job, but I wanted money, and that's what you did. And by the way, all three of my kids started to work at 15, um, working in, in restaurants, and they've had jobs their whole life.
0: Oh, man. That is a tough
4: job. Uh, it was not fun. <laughs> Your hands yeah. would be blistered, and you're, you know, itchy and dirty. But anyway, somebody had to do it, and I uh, I needed the money, and I wanted to get a car. So hey, that's what you do.
0: All right, Gary, thank you. Glad to have you exactly. on the Gary Nolan Show. I wonder how many guys went out and got jobs so they could have their first car. That seems to be the motivating factor for a lot of a lot of guys who are uh, teenagers. Uh, let me uh, get Jerry on the line. Jerry, welcome. How are you?
5: Just fine, Gary. Uh, in the in the early 80s i got laid off over to nuclear plant and there wasn't any work around here and i searched all over and i ended up buying a flatbed truck and cutting cord wood for about a year year and a half uh 2 to 4 cords a day and selling it for firewood and uh, my jobs eventually got better after that and uh, and uh, i'm 65 and still working and my jobs just got better and my pay got better and my work ethic has always been that way i started mowing a cemetery a local cemetery when i was about 12 years old as a kid plus working on the farm hauling hay so it's just in my blood to keep working and i'm gonna keep working for a while
3: yeah uh, it
0: because it's in in your world it's important that you produce and consume on your own, that you're not getting some handout.
5: Yeah, and, and when I started cutting wood, I had a wife, two kids, and one on the way. I had to do something.
0: Man, see, that's the kind of resourcefulness that I really admire. Jerry, thank you for the call. Thanks, but, Jerry. All right, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. At one time, and this is, this is one of my first jobs, was to walk the neighbor's dog, the woman across the street. Uh, the Shearers. They actually, I think, started the Cleveland News, which later revolved into the uh, Plain Dealer, which is the major newspaper now. And um, she had a French poodle. And I kid you not, she'd had three of them uh, in the life is, is, is since we had moved across the street. And she named every one of them Antoine. The last one, the one I was paid to walk. (laughs) Oh my God, I hated this. (laughs) Was a miniature French poodle. Uh, That little snotty little dog. Oh my God, did I hate walking him? Was it worse than a cat? You can't walk a cat, can you? But you can kick it out of the house. I think you can. Yeah. No. Antoine, I'll never forget walking Antoine around the block. And I confess, I used to cheat. I'd go down the street, cut through two backyards, and come out on the street behind us, walk around and come back up, and it would look like I walked around the block. Oh, Antoine. All right, Tim, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You're out of work, you're looking for something, so you settled for what?
6: I poured asphalt.
0: Oh, that's a hot job.
6: In the summertime, every set of clothes you wore Stuck to you, and were at the end of the day they were stiff like iron pants. And I did it to buy a 1970 Barracuda.
0: Don't you wish you had that car now?
6: Oh, so, the stories! So the did back you? The seat was a birth control device. What? The back seat was so small it was a birth control device.
0: <laughs> just a little too much information there. So did you just have to throw your clothes out after every uh, shift, or?
6: Well, you can usually get like two or three days out of them, and my mom would try and clean them in like, you know, the strongest uh, detergent you could find just to get them movable again. But, you know, I probably went through a pair of jeans a week and just threw them out. Wow. And at the time, I was actually making more money than my father, who is a very well-paid person, because I was working four doubles and a single- in a week, because somebody had to sit there and watch the asphalt and make sure it dried. Nobody drove on it. So I would just sit in the car until, you know, 8 o'clock at night and get paid overtime because all the full timers wanted to go home. What did you end up doing for a living? Uh, retired twice and still working. You know, I think it would be a cool show if you would go through like Brian did and go through your progression of jobs. You know, oh. just have callers call in and just
0: show how, you know, it went from bad to better. All right. Well, people can sure share that. All right, Tim. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. I wanted to get into radio very early on. And uh, my mother said, no, you, you can't make a living doing that. And so I didn't. Uh, I started uh, my my very first jobs uh, delivering the Cleveland Press, walking Antoine, Uh, working at uh, Lee Variety, a five-and-dime store on Lee Road in Cleveland Heights. Um, I mean, it it just, you did what you had to do. You did whatever you could. I worked for an appliance store selling appliances. I worked for an automobile dealership. Um, Did it all. Did it all. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 935, Gary Nolan Show. Wall Street Journal uh, has a piece about uh, the work ethic here in America and how people don't want to take jobs that are sort of beneath them. Young kids just won't do it. Uh, And I'm arguing that that's, that's, it is the willingness to do whatever it takes that makes America great. We're an economic powerhouse because we get things done. And if people are afraid to get things done, then this is what you end up with, a, a country whose economy begins to stagnate. Uh, let me go to the phones because uh, I was looking for jobs you took you didn't necessarily want uh, and some of the most horrible jobs. And I've, I mean, I read some uh, a guy here said he had uh, worked at an egg factory. Had to go around and take dead chickens out of cages uh, each chicken house had a hundred thousand chickens and there were ten houses. Woo that's a job for you uh, to com- to combat inflation this uh one uh, listener started driving uh, for Grubhub. He's got a master's in business administration and his normal job as is uh, he's an i t manager now he works seven days a week to make sure his family doesn't go without. Uh, let me go to the phones here. Dale, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Just fine. How are you? I too am well.
6: Um, mucking out hog confinement stalls. There's uh, about two two foot of crap down there, and we had to shovel it all the way down to a, a spillway where it actually went into a honey wagon. You called it a, a honey wagon? <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it, a honey wagon. <laughs> oh. oh, why?
0: Any idea how they came up with that nickname?
6: No, sir, I sure don't. That's just what they called it when we were kids, when we were younger.
0: And uh, that uh, then where, where'd you go from there? What'd you do?
6: Oh, I ended up being a carpenter for a while, construction, and then uh, fire EMS. I retired as a firefighter paramedic. Wow.
0: Man, you really scaled up, didn't you? <laughs> I
6: had to. Uh, I was a single
0: dad. <laughs> uh, that's that's so admirable. That is really admirable, Dale. Thanks for the call. Already. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, the worst job I ever took, make money, it was a factory job. Uh, worked there for a few weeks. It was so horrible. I didn't even go back to pick up my paycheck after I quit. I joined the Navy and retired after twenty-four years. Robert, thank you for your service. Bill Collector, repossessor on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. During the time the FBI agents were killed, uh, Anson uh, made false teeth in a dental lab. The largest industrial operation had had handled large amounts of dangerous chemicals in a room without air conditioning on my feet at least 10 hours a day. Oh, man. Those are some jobs. Dennis,
5: welcome. How are you? fine. Thank you. I was replacing septic pumps down in septic tanks.
0: Uh Uh-huh. We're not going to go to that old joke about uh, nobody ever hands you any poop, are we? No, no. That's all I got. Man. Oh, my God. That is horrible.
5: Jeez. Yeah. And, and Yeah, And what do you do now? I work on a kid's ranch.
0: You work on a kid's ranch. That's interesting. Yeah,
5: down in southwest Missouri. But I've, uh, I've bucked hay and, and scooped poop and everything else just uh, just to get the money in. And I'm 70, and I'm still working.
0: Wow. But you can be proud of yourself because you did whatever you had to do and you made it happen. And you yeah. pro- And you produced the whole time. You drove the economy the whole time. Way to go, Dennis, welcome. thank you. You're welcome, bye right, Glad to have you in the Gary Nolan Show. Last call, then we gotta move on, because somebody paid $4,000, and I'm still not sure why, but I'll tell you what. In the meantime, Tricia, you're it, you're last. What did you well, do? I uh
2: Younger days, wanting some spending money. I rode the rough off of the young horses in the neighborhood. I bucked hay for a cent and a half a bale. The boys got two cents. Um, decided I wanted to go to school. Uh, took a job as Knights Nursing Home aide. Wanted to go further and took a job at the Maximum Security Prison, Menard, Illinois Psychiatric Division. Oh,
0: that, that, that. now that sounds like fun.
2: Yep. Uh, There were some of the guards I was more afraid of than the
0: inmates. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And and, and, uh, are you retired now?
2: I retired, Uh, I I was gonna become a veterinarian. I did the nursing career because at that time the LPN school cost $300 for the year. And uh, went on, got my degree in nursing. Uh, stayed in nursing uh, and uh, didn't go to vet school, have a lot of animals. I uh, uh, was in nursing from 1973 till five years ago. Wow. Uh, but you you'd never quit being a nurse because the neighbors always call you for stuff.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks, Trish. Good job. Well done. <laughs> All yeah. right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Oh, man. Those are some interesting uh, interesting jobs uh but, but I got to tell you of all the jobs, I'm afraid the first one uh, kind of takes the uh, that, that takes the the cake if I can say that without vomiting. Oh, what a job that was Whew. okay uh, what cost four thousand dollars to replace a taillight a taillight. The owner of a Hummer electric truck was shocked, pardon the expression, to learn that replacing his taillights is a rather expensive venture. Had a shocker today, the owner wrote in a Hummer EV Facebook group. A new passenger side rear light for the Hummer EV cost $4,040 just to buy it. Um... Fighting climate change is expensive, Gary. Yeah, it's not inexpensive, is it? Uh Uh-uh. A car review website, Drive, confirmed General Motors' list price for one taillight, $3,045. Without factoring in labor, list price for a set of taillights runs nearly $6,100, a cost equal to more than 5% of the Hummer EV's manufacturers suggested retail price. The taillights in the Hummer EV... Have small microcontrollers installed within them. These chips control unique lighting functions um, in their respective lights. Uh, that's a reason why they're so expensive. Additionally, the Hummer EV is a fairly limited run vehicle, so parts are generally more expensive. But I, uh, I don't think I've ever heard of a $4,000 taillight. Maintenance expenses, in addition to software mishaps that have left EV drivers stranded, have drawn criticism in relation to the United States' push toward electric vehicles. Last week, President Biden announced a warding of $2.8 billion in new Department of Energy grants for projects meant to boost the tradition, uh, transition rather to electric vehicles. Brian, are you going to go out and get one now? I think not, no. Uh-uh. Oh, wait a minute. The president has just shoved uh,
1: almost $3 billion. Yeah. Can you imagine the price of these, uh, not only insurance, the raising of those prices that you have to pay a premium, but, I mean, these these uh, companies that sell, like, oh, the car shields or whatever, those, <laughs> I can't even imagine the price that would be... Uh, it's just it's crazy, just yeah. in order to drive that vehicle down the road, let's say the price tag is sixty grand, and you're going to have to finance it. That's probably at least a six or seven hundred dollar payment per month, and you're plugging it into your electricity at home, and that's going to boost the cost of what you're paying for your electric. no, no, I'm not interested in that at all. and if your car breaks down, now what? You got to buy a new battery. Well, that's not inexpensive either. No, the uh, whole we, thing is—it's a farce.
0: We now know that you have to drive your battery-powered vehicle for about one hundred thousand miles before you get to a carbon-neutral position. I mean, the whole point of these battery-powered cars is allegedly so that we can push less carbon into the uh, carbon dioxide, into the marketplace, or into the world. The problem is you have to drive them for 100,000 miles. I know a lot of wealthy people uh, that don't keep their cars, uh, trust me, for 100,000 miles. You know who keeps a car for 100,000 miles? You and me. Yep. We're the ones who drive the snot out of them uh, because replacing them is not inexpensive. Wealthy people, on the other hand, new toy comes along, they can go out and buy a new one. And right now, the toy is a battery-powered vehicle. And when they get bored with it, they turn around and sell it. They don't have much in the way of resale value. But they don't drive them for 100,000 miles, I guarantee you. Why are they not waking up to this? Have the Democrats so scared society that that they actually think this is a good idea? I can't believe it. I mean, they're terrible. Battery-powered cars are awful. If you want... You know, they tell, well, it'll go 400 miles on a charge. Yeah. And then what? Well, then you have to spend an hour recharging, and you never charge it back up to 100... An hour? (laughs) I I was thinking more like
1: 24 hours. Well, Well, say you had a trip that you had to take, and it was, you know, a couple thousand miles... You'd be stopping at least, what, three times, charging 24 hours well, each time? Well, you can get a
0: high-speed charger, and that'll reduce it to, you know, half an hour or an hour. But, it, but you're not going to 100%. Right. That half an hour goes to about 80 or 85%. And then you're looking you s- for
1: another place to plug into
0: down well, the well, road. If you wanted to charge it to 100%, you would have to spend hours there. So now you're not getting 400 miles. You're getting three and change. It, 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 and a dollars are 000?
1: not ready for this transition. They just don't get it. Nope.
0: They just don't get it. Uh, but a $4,000 taillight, woo, that's an attention-getter, isn't it? All right. Uh, we got a little bit more ground here to cover. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Jeff Bezos and what he plans to do with his fortune. And I'm... Sur- surprised. That's next, the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. <laughs> it's uh, it's nine fifty three. Glad to have you with us. I I, I want to do the Jeff Bezos thing uh, and wrap up on the battery powered cars, global warming nonsense. Uh, but I got a message uh, from Brian, not our Brian, uh, a different Brian, a listener. And I thought, now wait a minute, that's not a job I think I would take. Uh, he goes on to talk about his first job, uh, newspaper delivery, and then uh, going on and doing other, uh, other tasks. But apparently at one time, uh, desperate for a job, I guess, he was a telephone solicitor for a vinyl slot, a siding company. You know, drive a tractor trailer... Walk Antoine, work the oil rigs. I don't think I would do that. That might... And you know why? Because I hate it when people call to sell things. Like, no, don't bother me. If I was looking for something, I'd be calling you. So, Brian, would you take that job? No, I would not. No. I'd rather dig ditches. Yeah. Uh, let me go to the phones here on the electric cars. John, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm great, Gary. Thanks. Yes. Uh, so uh, about these electric
7: cars, you were saying 100,000 miles to make a benefit to the environment. W- what is that? Is that because of the mining of the rare earth minerals or or what is that exactly? <laughs> uh,
0: it, it, it's a whole host of things uh, that uh, go into building those battery powered cars. Um, but by the time you get about 100,000 miles on them you can start operating in the CO2 black because um, that's how I long it I takes
7: was, I guess I was just having a couple of thoughts while I heard you talking about that um, first of all how how long are these batteries expected
1: I, breaking uh,
0: up uh, you're, you're breaking like up a cell phone battery you know uh,
7: and then you're going to, start over after 100,000
0: miles? You've got to get a new battery and start over? Well, eventually, yeah, the batteries do uh, do fail and you have to <laughs> just start all over. I'll tell you what. John Stossel did a great piece on uh, battery-powered cars. And right after the uh, news, the top of the hour, I will play this for you. And when you hear the uh, the, the facts and the details, did you know that they're mining the ocean floor now? looking for cobalt and and other minerals to to build battery-powered cars? Uh, This is going to turn out well. Yeah, (laughs) this is going to turn out well. What could possibly go wrong? You Uh,
7: know, the other thing I thought of is the cost. Uh, I don't know what an iPhone cost when they came out with the original iPhone, but my guess is the price had to be competitive with other regular cell phones. But now that everybody's got a smartphone, they want a thousand dollars or twelve hundred dollars for an iPhone. I'm just wondering about the price of these cars. Once they get everybody switched over to electric, what's the stopping them from charging an arm and a leg on upgrades or, you know, the next software package or whatever? I just is, this is going to turn out to be the biggest windfall for corporations. And I thought the leftists were against that. Seems like they're not putting two and two together.
5: No,
0: it, it doesn't seem like they're putting two and two together. But uh, I will play this for you because it was uh, it's a great piece on uh, battery powered cars, and it gives you an indication of just how stupid this idea is. All right? Yeah. All right, thanks. All right, John, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Uh, I don't know how i I, I don't think we can um, get it in. I've got it in front of me, but I don't think we can get it in between now in the uh, top of the hour. Um, but it's called Inconvenient Facts uh, about electric cars. And I think he's got five of them uh, that he that he put up. We'll do that. Uh, we'll do that in just a few minutes. But while we're on global warming, apparently uh, the price of coffee beans was pretty steep for quite a while. And uh, the reason was... Because it was there was a drought in Brazil, just like we have droughts in this country. We they have droughts in other places around the globe. Come go, droughts come and go. Our um, droughts come and go. At any one time, as I understand, twenty percent of the globe is experiencing a drought, and apparently Brazil was, but lo and behold, somehow. The price of coffee beans have come down because they're getting, well, rain again in Brazil and Indonesia. And the price of coffee beans are coming down. The point of all this is, yeah, we may have a drought here or a drought there. Everybody does. Every continent on the globe experiences this. And then it passes. Uh, and instead, we've got all these people, Chicken Little, screaming, "Oh my God, it's global warming!" It's not. There may be some global warming. There may be some man-made global warming, but it is tiny. It is not Armageddon. It is not going to result in the end of the world. Th- these people are playing you so they can redistribute your wealth. How much time is left, Brian? Where do we Where do we stand? All right, 10 seconds. I can't get these calls, but I will get them in the next hour. Uh, Right after the news, at about uh, 5 after 10, give or take a minute, I will play this Stossel piece, give you some idea of just what it takes to build these battery-powered cars. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network.
7: This is The Gary Nolan Show.